0: Hey, Bible Y'all. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bible Y'all Podcast for Tuesday, November 21st. Happy Alaskatalo Day, which is an Alaskan holiday celebrating this critter that's a cross between a moose and a walrus, which was bred by miners, like gold miners, not like little kids, around the turn of the 20th century. Probably for meat. be my guess. And if that sounds a little sketchy to you, you're right. The Alaskatalo ain't really a thing. It was cooked up as a way to shine on tourists for asking silly questions. The holiday was invented by Steve Levi, who also founded the Alaskatalo Day Parade, which is the longest running, shortest parade in American history. It's one block long down an alley. It's held the first Sunday after the third Saturday in November and begins precisely at 12.03. If you're 30 seconds late, you missed it. Really, Alaska Talo Day celebrates a type of humor called absurdism, like when you're messing with tourists trying to see how much they'll believe. And I get that. In fact, I think Florida and Alaska actually have a lot in common, like being a tourist destination. Cause believe it or not, we also get a lot of tourists, like a lot, or how Alaska has four seasons, almost winter, winter, still winter, and road construction we got the exact same thing but with summer alaska has an ice worm festival we have a mullet toss and both of us are the last stop on the train for all of north america which tends to attract the crazies trouble is florida is already so crazy we can't get away with shining on tourists absurdism don't work here cause ain't nothing so absurd it probably ain't already happened in florida it's the greatest state in the union Nowhere else are you more likely to get struck by lightning, bit by a shark, and catch flesh-eating disease, maybe all in one day. I mean, Florida man alone is worth the trip. Save up, y'all. Our reading for today is Ezekiel 42:1 through 43:27, James 5:1 through 20, Psalm 119:1 1 through 16, and Proverbs 28:6 and 7. So if y'all are ready, Florida man, maybe not the superhero we want, but darn sure the one we were asking for. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, so yesterday on November 20th in the Old Testament, we read Ezekiel forty twenty-eight through forty-one twenty-six, And this is still the vision of the renewed Jerusalem. Now we just got done measuring out the temple and now we're inside. Oh, and by the way, this was apparently a Jubilee year and the day of atonement when he had this vision. So it kind of seems appropriate. And again, Zeke goes into great detail describing the inner court of the temple. And I'm sure each detail is fraught with symbolism. And I wish I could spend hours on it, but I do have to go to work at some point. But here's one interesting fact. From the precincts to the outer court were seven steps. And from the outer to the inner courts, eight steps, making 15, which is the number of the Psalms from 120 to 134, what they call the Psalms of Degrees, because those psalms were sung by the choir of Levites on those steps of the temple courts. But anyway, in chapter 41, we're still measuring out the temple, and this time he's into the Holy of Holies, which only the high priest ever went into. So the fact that Zeke is in there says to me, this is post-crucifixion, and maybe the temple signifies Christ anyway. Sep a third temple will be built one day, and all those tools will be needed because the Jews are going to reinstitute animal sacrifice. And PETA's going to come unglued. But anyway, in the New Testament, we read James 4, 1-17. And in chapter 3, he talked a lot about the trouble that the tongue can cause, or just wickedness in general, really. And here he gives examples, like wars, and neglecting prayer, and the friendship of the world, and envy. And he makes the point to say that wars come from man's greedy lustfulness. And says, Ye lust, and have not. Ye have not, because ye ask not. Ye ask, and receive not, because ye ask amiss that ye may consume it upon your lusts. If you would ask God from a holier place, such as the desire to do only his will, maybe, number one, you'd ask for different stuff, and number two, you might get it more often. But instead, God resisteth the proud. So submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. And that's true, he will. He'll never totally leave you alone, but he's not as intimidating as we all think he is. And then he says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Which sounds like an oxymoron, but it's another one of those divine contradictions that I love to point out so much. He says, he that speaketh evil of his brother, and judgeth his brother, speaketh evil of the law, and judgeth the law. You're putting yourself in the place of God, in other words, and that's asking for trouble. There's one lawgiver, who art thou that judgest another? I mean, y'all make all these plans for the future, and y'all don't even know if you'll be alive tomorrow. You ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall do this or that. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The ability to do good, in any case, imposes an obligation to do it. And that is a lot heavier than it sounds.
1: This little letter is so practical and it shows us what faith looks like and what it doesn't look like. So the theme is double-mindedness and James challenges us to do the word we hear. Then we will not forget the word we hear and we'll hear another word. He reminds us that bad company corrupts good morals. We cannot be friends with the world, with the beast. It will cause quarrels and divisions among us. It will encourage us to boast about our plans, which can provoke others to um, not love. The purpose of covetousness is discontentment, which is a result of not asking God because there's something wrong with the request. Or asking anyway. God's not going to support idolatry. He judges that. So he's not going to answer prayers that are going to feed your habit. Feed the flesh. And this reminds me of God's response to David's sin. And I'll paraphrase. It's in 2 Samuel 12, 8. Essentially, it seems like God's saying, David, why didn't you ask me? I gave you everything and would have given you more. Just something to think about when ticked off or want something really bad, gotta have it kind of thing. Get humble, submit to God. I mean, get serious and dramatic to get off the road to destruction and walk like the new creatures we are.
0: And then in Psalms, we read Psalm one eighteen nineteen through 29, and that finishes up that one. It says, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. Well, no, you won't. Not everybody is allowed past them gates until after Jesus comes anyway. Is that what you're saying? That Jesus came? Is this prophecy? I think so, because verse 22 says, the stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. That's a direct reference to Jesus. And verse 24 says, this is the day which the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. And we like to use this verse generally to describe random days, but it specifically refers to the day of the Lord, Jesus' second coming. And if that wasn't enough for you, You got verse 26, which says, blessed be he that cometh in the name of the Lord, which is Jesus.
1: Amen. This is the day the Lord made. And every day until then is the day we have to be glad in. Plus, that gladness, joy, and thanksgiving does get us into his courts.
0: And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 28, 3 through 5. And that says, a poor man that oppresseth the poor is like a sweeping rain which leaveth no food. People raise a man of the people, poor like themselves, to power, and he's the worst oppressor of all, plundering them to their last little bits of food, like Fidel Castro, for example. Yeah. And it says, They that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. In other words, every pig is your friend till you get out of the mud.
1: So, but such as keep the law contend with the wicked. If the righteous, if the law keepers don't contend with the wicked, it shall flourish. In America, we're experiencing that today, something we thought could never happen here. So there was no contention with the wicked stateside, no restraint until now. By the grace of God and because of his faithful love and kindness, we are contending with the wicked and God will get the glory.
0: And he wraps it up by saying evil men understand not judgment, but they that seek the Lord understand all things. Amen. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for November 21st is Ezekiel 42.1-43.27. Then he brought me forth into the utter court, the way toward the north. And he brought me into the chamber that was over against the separate place, and which was before the building toward the north. Before the length of an hundred cubits was the north door, and the breadth was fifty cubits. Over against the twenty cubits, which were for the inner court, and over against the pavement, which was for the utter court, was gallery against gallery in three stories, and before the chambers was a walk of ten cubits breadth inward, a way of one cubit, and their doors toward the north. Now the upper chambers were shorter, for the galleries were higher than these, than the lower, and than the middlemost of the building, for they were in three stories, but had not pillars as the pillars of the courts. Therefore the building was straightened more than the lowest, and the middlemost from the ground, And the wall that was without over against the chambers, toward the utter court on the fore part of the chambers, the length thereof was fifty cubits. For the length of the chambers that were in the utter court was fifty cubits. And lo, before the temple were an hundred cubits. And from under these chambers was the entry on the east side, as one goeth into them from the utter court. The chambers were in the thickness of the wall of the court toward the east, over against the separate place, and over against the building. And the way before them was like the appearance of the chambers, which were toward the north, as long as they, and as broad as they. And all their goings out were both according to their fashions, and according to their doors. And according to the doors of the chambers that were toward the south was a door in the head of the way, even the way directly before the wall toward the east, as one entereth into them. Then said he unto me, The north chambers and the south chambers, which are before the separate place, they be holy chambers, where the priests that approach unto the Lord shall eat the most holy things. There shall they lay the most holy things, and the meat offering, and the sin offering, and the trespass offering, for the place is holy. When the priests enter therein, then shall they not go out of the holy place into the utter court, but there they shall lay their garments wherein they minister, for they are holy, and shall put on other garments, and shall approach to those things which are for the people. Now when he had made an end of measuring the inner house, he brought me forth toward the gate whose prospect is toward the east, and measured it round about. He measured the east side with the measuring reed, 500 reeds, with the measuring reed round about. He measured the north side 500 reeds, with the measuring reed round about. He measured the south side 500 reeds, with the measuring reed. He turned about to the west side and measured 500 reeds, with the measuring reed. He measured it by the four sides. It had a wall round about 500 reeds long and 500 broad to make a separation between the sanctuary and the profane place. Chapter 43. Afterward he brought me to the gate, even the gate that looketh toward the east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like a noise of many waters, and the earth shined with his glory. And it was according to the appearance of the vision which I saw, even according to the vision that I saw when I came to destroy the city. And the visions were like the vision that I saw by the river Chebar, and I fell upon my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the house by the way of the gate whose prospect is toward the east. So the Spirit took me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the house. And I heard him speaking to me out of the house, and the man stood by me. And he said unto me, Son of man, the place of my throne, and the place of the soles of my feet, where I will dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. And my holy name shall the house of Israel no more defile, neither they nor their kings by their whoredom, nor by the carcasses of their kings in their high places. In their setting of their threshold by my thresholds, and their post by my posts, and the wall between me and them, they have even defiled my holy name by their abominations that they have committed. Wherefore I have consumed them in mine anger. Now let them put away their whoredom, and the carcasses of their kings far from me, and I will dwell in the midst of them forever. Thou son of man, shew the house to the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. And if they be ashamed of all that they have done, shew them the form of the house, and the fashion thereof, and the goings out thereof, and the comings in thereof, and all the forms thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and all the forms thereof, and all the laws thereof, and write it in their sight, that they may keep the whole form thereof, and all the ordinances thereof, and do them. This is the law of the house. Upon the top of the mountain the whole limit thereof round about shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. And these are the measures of the altar after the cubits. The cubit is a cubit, and an handbreadth even the bottom shall be a cubit, and the breadth a cubit, and the border thereof by the edge thereof round about shall be a span. And this shall be the higher place of the altar. And from the bottom upon the ground even to the lower settle shall be two cubits, and the breadth one cubit. And from the lesser settle even to the greater settle shall be four cubits, and the breadth one cubit. So the altar shall be four cubits, and from the altar upward shall be four horns. And the altar shall be twelve cubits long, twelve broad square in the four squares thereof. And the settle shall be fourteen cubits long and fourteen broad in the four squares thereof. And the border about it shall be half a cubit. And the bottom thereof shall be a cubit about. And his stairs shall look toward the east. And he said unto me, Son of man, thus saith the Lord God, These are the ordinances of the altar in the day when they shall make it, to offer burnt offerings thereon, and to sprinkle blood thereon. And thou shalt give to the priests the Levites that be of the seed of Zadok, which approach unto me to minister unto me, saith the Lord God, a young bullock for a sin offering. And thou shalt take of the blood thereof, and put it on the four horns of it, and on the four corners of the settle, and upon the border round about. Thus shalt thou cleanse and purge it. Thou shalt take the bullock also of the sin offering, and he shall burn it in the appointed place of the house, without the sanctuary. And on the second day thou shalt offer a kid of the goats without blemish for a sin offering, and they shall cleanse the altar as they did cleanse it with the bullock. When thou hast made an end of cleansing it, thou shalt offer a young bullock without blemish, and a ram out of the flock without blemish. And thou shalt offer them before the Lord, and the priest shall cast salt upon them, and they shall offer them up for a burnt offering unto the Lord. Seven days shalt thou prepare every day a goat for a sin offering. They shall also prepare a young bullock and a ram out of the flock without blemish." Seven days shall they purge the altar and purify it, and they shall consecrate themselves. And when these days are expired, it shall be that upon the eighth day, and so forward, the priests shall make your burnt offerings upon the altar, and your peace offerings, and I will accept you, saith the Lord God. Our reading in the New Testament for November 21st is James 5:1 1-20. Go to now, ye rich men, weep and howl for your miseries that shall come upon you. Your riches are corrupted, and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and silver is cankered, and the rust of them shall be a witness against you, and shall eat your flesh as it were fire. Ye have heaped treasure together for the last days. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of the Sabbath. Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth, and been wanton. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. Ye have condemned and killed the just, and he doth not resist you. Be patient therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. Grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Take, my brethren, the prophets, who have spoken in the name of the Lord, for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Behold, we count them happy which endure. Ye have heard of the patience of Job, and have seen the end of the Lord, that the Lord is very pitiful, and of tender mercy. But above all things, my brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Is any among you afflicted? Elias was a man subject to like passions as we are, and he prayed earnestly that it might not rain, and it rained not on the earth by the space of three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know that he which converteth the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death, and shall hide a multitude of sins." Our reading in Psalms for November 21st is Psalm 119, 1 16. Aleph, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity, they walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes! Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart, when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes, O forsake me not utterly. Beth Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, by taking heed thereto according to thy word? With my whole heart have I sought thee, O let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart, that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. And our reading in Proverbs for November 21st is Proverbs 28, 6 and 7. Better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways, though he be rich. Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son. But he that is a companion of riotous men, shameth his father. And that's that for the 21st. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30 second meditation. Today's prayer is on Colossians 3 11, which says where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. So hit the 30 second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on equality before the Lord because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, the founding fathers envisioned a nation based on the idea that we are equal before God, that because God shows no partiality, neither should a godly government. Though that perfection is impossible, the framework they gave us allows and encourages continued improvement. Father, we humbly repent that through our apathy, we rejected the idea of godly equality instead embracing special interests, wage slavery, and a multi-tiered justice system. Though we may deserve the tyranny we've sought, we pray, Lord, that you hear from heaven and heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible Yalling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing y'all can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleY'allPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you can't make things any better, just don't make them any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Bible, y'all. But a bubba